Hello, folks, and welcome back to Culture Dumps. I'm Ryan Lichten, and I'm here once again with Eric D. from Meth Syndicate. What up? Yes. Now, before we get into the dump, um, we don't normally do this, but I have to apologize for something that was said on Vanilla Ice Part 2. Um, we try and, and, and stay even-keeled uh, on this show. We, we try not to offend anyone. Um, obviously, we're not everybody's cup of tea, but then again, what is? But I, I do feel it's prudent that I address something that I had said. I am now well aware that it is not called Go Ninja Go and is in fact called Ninja Rap. Yeah. Yeah. You said it was called Go Ninja Go. I was caught up in the moment. You looked me I, in the eyes for the rest of the and, apology. And I and I apologize. <laughs> I just I just wanted to address that yeah. right off the top. Yeah, man. <laughs> What the hell, bud? Yeah, ninja did you, rap. Did you uh, get uh, Did you get torn apart in the comments? No, no, oh, no, okay. I, I, no. Okay, I'm, I'm just trying to stay ahead of the fire. You, okay, okay. So <laughs> no, no, you we just... don't have enough. We have just enough listeners to where uh, people listen, but no one complain. We're not, we're not big enough to where people complain. complain? Okay. Yeah. So you just woke up in the middle of the night with like the sweats. Yeah, it was like, like, ninja rap. <laughs> fuck. <Yeah. laughs> it, exactly. No. Yeah. That that that's that that's basically what happened. Um. So that's on the record. Yeah. So I, I apologize. It is ninja rap. Everything else we said is, is, is totally on point. Now, the matter at hand, this episode, um, we're talking about some pretty uh, nasty stuff. Some might consider it disturbing. Um, and yes, we're going to be laughing, but it's not that we're laughing because the things that we're talking about are, are funny per se. It's more of the absolute lack of humility that is hilarious because there's nothing that like there's nothing else to do except cry or laugh. And it is just... it is very much a dump and is very much part of culture. And when Ryan hit me up to do this episode, I was like, "Oh man, here goes my career." Yeah, <laughs> but I'm in for it. Yeah, we're not defending. We're yeah, we're, yeah don't don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> um, we're talking about bum fights oh. today. This uh, you'd be surprised, folks, how many people have emailed this as a suggestion to us. So <laughs> this didn't come out of out of nowhere, and we didn't quite know how to work it in. Like I was like, "Is it a dump? Is it not?" But it it, it totally falls into dump territory. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, file this one under like "Girls Gone Wild" or even like our "Faces of Death" episode where we talked about like the internet gore craze. That this all kind of it's the same era. It all falls into that. So why is bum fights a dump? Well, bum fights is a dump because of the massive publicity it drew. Bum fights was a video series that in many ways serves as a time capsule of the lack of morality in the early 2000s. Inspired by the instant success of MTV's Jackass, bum fights took the home video stunt trend to its darkest depths and beyond. Through its unexpected success, it spawned an army of knockoffs that in most cases were worse than the original, uh, if you can imagine that. In a world where people go viral for including homeless people in their videos, albeit usually in a positive way, it is fascinating to look back at this sensational series and juxtapose it with the influencer trends of today. And that's kind of our, our big round off um, point with, with this is that there you can definitely link bum fights to today. While my, most people aren't going to be influenced by it, yeah. there's echoes of it. Oh, absolutely. It's just... Uh... Something to take advantage of for your own. For your own gain. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, let's get into it. You want to make some money? On October 1st, 2001, the world of slapstick comedy and DIY spirit collided with the release of MTV's Jackass. 
Though Jackass had its roots in the skateboard world, particularly through the magazine Big Brother, it was the stunts that captured the imagination of crafty teens across the country. The now classic disclaimer at the beginning of every episode served as an unintended hint that you too could make content that was similar. The worst possible spawn of Jackass was born the very same year that the first episode aired. Again, that disclaimer where it's like, do not try this at home. You know, don't attempt to recreate these. They're done by professionals, but it's like, but you, cause you can. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Like, absolutely. Hey, yeah. did you have your own Jackass like crew? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, what were we called? Um, corrupt drunks. Oh, no, none of us drank. I was <laughs> 13, 13, 14 years old. Right. Uh, it was a skate crew, but right. yeah, I bought a super eight camera and would just jump in every bush and off every roof I could find. Yeah. We no were doubt. called crash and, uh, the a was an anarchy sign. Pretty badass. Yeah. And yeah, yeah same thing, you know, like well, my, my corrupt drunks, the K was, a, uh, the C was a K. Oh, so okay. It had, it had its cool angle there too. Right. Well, on the drunks thing, I mean, the skateboard world, you had With piss drunks. Well, we totally stole from piss drunks. Yeah. I love Baker and all those dudes. So that was like 100%. Yeah. There was, I mean, this was really a time. It, it really is um, interesting to look at the difference now, even in skateboarding, like social media and the influencer culture has kind of come in, whereas skateboarding, back in the early 2000s and like these straight to video, you know, underground movies, they were fucking gnarly. Oh yeah. You know, and they were, and they were dangerous and it was shit that you didn't want your parents to see. And it was people mouthing off to cops and like fighting security guards and like, yeah, yeah it was like, I mean, pretty fucking cool. Yeah. And one thing that would be, yeah, totally. <laughs> I, I mean, skaters that, were like fucking sick. I yeah. feel like everything's desensitized now with YouTube and all that. So I feel like kids now are just like, would watch it and be like, so what? But right. back then, you're like, no, this is like raw. This is like, crazy. It was the only place you could see like cool skaters doing their thing, but then also there would be like you know intermittent clips of, say, yes, sometimes like a homeless person like rapping or like a street fight or whatever, yeah. and bum fights kind of took all that to the next level. Yeah, they took <laughs> the skating out completely. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, there, there no redeemable qualities. Though I will say, uh, maybe I'm jumping the gun, but there's a few stunts in bum fights where they film it with a fisheye and right. skate next to the bum doing the trick as <laughs> if it were a skate video. The craftsmanship is there. It's very skateboard filmed. Right. Uh, but yeah. So flash to the suburbs of San Diego where a teenage Ryan McPherson, along with his future co-producers, Daniel Tanner, Michael Sliman, Kevin Zinter, and Zachary Bubeck had something, you know, they made something akin to friends with two local homeless guys named Rufus Hanna and Donnie Brennan. McPherson and company were known by their peers as skate rats and semi hoodlums who always had a video camera with them. That was kind of the thing back then too. Like there was always a kid in these groups that would have the video camera. Oh yeah. And so if you couldn't skate, you would do this other shit. And if your friends couldn't skate and you were the one with the camera, you would find other shit to film to make your videos better. That's how it went, man. Yeah, of course. Now the crew that would eventually release bum fights cut their teeth by filming skating schoolyard fights and occasionally the exploits of their homeless buddies. And this is like that very adolescent view of homelessness where like, oh, it's funny that like they drink so much and like, like, oh, like you give like a homeless guy a dollar, like don't spend it all on drugs. Like, sure. and it's funny to you because you don't understand the weight of the actual well, just, situation. Yeah. Just for context, like I owned this video when I was in high school. Yeah. Like when I was in like sophomore year or whatever. And I loved it. I showed everyone. I'd be like, this is crazy. I would like literally quote it. Yeah. Uh, and I'm 37 now and, and I watched it yesterday for this podcast and I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Like my wife kept walking in the room and be like, what are you watching, man? Like, <laughs> stop it. And I was like, it's research, babe. It's yeah, research. it's research. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I have a copy of Bum Fights 2 
Um, I'm looking at it. But I, uh, I I hit up my buddy who was like my you know my best friend at in the early 2000s, like when this all came out, and he knew like every fucking clip. Like oh, it yeah. still stood out. But again, back then you don't understand the difference between seeing like the guys on Jackass smashing into like a fucking like out of service ice machine yeah. versus like a homeless guy doing it because you're too young to understand, you know, what went into making one happen versus the other. Sure. You know, and also like when they would give these guys money or, or just give them booze in their heads, they really thought like, cause again, teenagers in high school, you don't get it. It's like, I'm helping them. Yeah. Like they need this. And then it's funny. And like, it's interesting to film street folks. Like every artist, especially photographers, I feel like they go through a phase usually around the age of 16 or 17 where it's like, I took the best picture of this homeless guy. Oh yeah. Probably. Like, like, I'm like... showing something that no one's seen before. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just whole different mentality. Yeah. Then. And now, you know, the attitudes on that has changed, but well, still, now, it, it, now you got to take it in black and white and you get away with it. Exactly. Yeah. That, 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 that's the whole thing. <laughs> now McPherson had been kicked out of high school for sharing underground videos at school and dedicated his full attention to making videos with the intention of doing just that making videos. He had no idea that his creation would rake in the amount of profit that it eventually did. Again, these are street rat kids. You know, they're not thinking like, Oh, we have this great, Thing this is going to be the next jackass because they know that what they're doing is way gnarlier. You know? Sure, that's like you know tapes out of the trunk type of deal, like, right? Yeah, DVDs. And is. as far as the underground films that he got kicked out of school for showing, it was literally like CKY or like Big Brother yeah. tapes, like stuff like that. It's not like he was in there being like, check out fucking Russian soldier beheaded. You sure, know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, this is way before that. So Bum Fights Volume 1, a.k.a. A Cause for Concern, was released online in 2002 and was filmed between 1999 and 2001. The film is heavily focused on street fights, mostly between high school students or in the parking lots of bars or nightclubs. But what it became known for was the various stunts performed by Rufus Hanna and Donnie Brennan. Now, these two guys, Rufus and Donnie, they were paid in booze or very small amounts of cash. Like $50 was like... That's for like a big stunt. You yeah. know, usually it's like five bucks, a dollar, handful of change. I mean, it was not high stakes at all. Yeah. And these early stunts that includes like, you know, smashing into stuff. Like I said, like an out of service ice machine. Like put your head through the glass. Roll down a hill. Roll down a hill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, get get Donnie and Brennan as fucked up as possible to where they could barely stand and then ask them to fight. And that's where the bum fights actually comes from. That's a misconception. There's not an actual a lot of quote unquote bum fights. There's a few. Yeah, there's a there's a <laughs> few, but like most of the fighting is like high school, like schoolyard shit. Oh, and that like parking lot. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's mostly regular fights. Right, but and they the, instigate quite a few bum fights. And also, uh, just for reference, um, I want to say that the word "bum," by the way, it comes from the German word "bumler," uh, which translates loosely to "loafer," as in like a loaf. So you're just a loaf. You're a bum. That's where it, that's where Got it comes it. Like from. a lazy fella. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. No good loaf. A no what good did, bum. Um, how did they name bum equipment? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if it, <laughs> Imagine seeing a homeless guy in that's a bum a equipment throwback. shirt. That would be oh, pretty man. good. Yeah. That, it's, it's, too, it's too fucking meta. <laughs> um, so some of the other stuff they would show is just like breaking shit. Like, oh, go into this uh, drugstore and push over the gumball machine. And like... Some of this stuff, it is funny in a, in a, and again, the most adolescent fucking inappropriate way. But then all that joy that you experience for one second, seeing someone do something stupid is taken away by something extremely fucked up that happens like 
right after. Sure. You know, like that that's the whole deal. Like one of the worst ones is uh Donnie. They got him to get a, a forehead tattoo that says bum fights. Like and that's very permanent. That is yeah. He was a uh he's a beanie guy though. So uh, it's a little Thank God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think he was like, I'm probably gonna wear a beanie for the rest of my life. So well, they they paid him 200 bucks to get that. That's 330 some odd dollars in today's money. Still not nearly enough to get a forehead no. tattoo. Fuck no, dude. Yeah. Uh, first of all, and uh, I, I think he had to flip a coin with Rufus over who was gonna do it. But Rufus... then also Rufus fucking hits Donnie in the leg with a sledgehammer, breaks his ankle. and breaks his fucking ankle. That's like probably 50 bucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like it's it's fucking terrible. Um, and they do a, a couple other, you know, choice things that we'll get into once we get to to the sequels here, um, particularly teeth stuff. Lots of stuff with teeth. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, but we'll, we'll we'll come back to that. So, besides San Diego, the Bum Fights crew, who was by you know they went by the name In Decline, they also ventured out to Las Vegas for footage, where they met the third big star of the series, Bling Bling the Crackhead. Bling Bling. Yeah, Bling Bling. I, I would put in a sample, but I feel like that's too close to me, like enjoying bum fights. Yeah, yeah, and too close to making you all enjoy bum fights. Yeah, we're not supposed to. It's yeah. not. It's not. It, good. it has characters, and it's a. It's a it's a film for sure that uh, it has charm, but that, <laughs> like I don't know. There's multiple parts. Like I watched it yesterday. Like where you're like, oh, like Rufus is like stoked or like Bling Bling's just doing his thing. But the fact that it's all exploitive and just horrible at the core of it is like pretty bad. But they definitely found some like characters instead of just like sad fellas yeah. that were like, yo, I'll I'll do whatever. Well, I mean, they're money. gonna be happy because they fucking just gave them money. You know, so true. It, a lot of them are just like characters and too. some of them like like as the series goes on or go on like they just straight up buy hardcore illegal drugs and they're like here you want some crack and it's just like fuck oh like my, yeah, th- there's a lot of crazy. just straight up crime yeah that's crazy in, in bum fights now after compiling the footage and adding in some very dated punk and drum and bass music <laughs> they marketed the video online as bum fights a cause for concern Within months of the video's release, it had sold an estimated 200,000 copies for about $20 each. Within a month? Yeah. Yo, that's big it money. It just spread like wildfire because yeah. everyone's stoked on the internet. Jackass is huge. What's more extreme than Jackass? This thing. I mean, my dumbass bought it like immediately. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, 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 was, it went viral before viral. Yeah. Now, the video made its rounds and quickly became known as the more extreme answer to Jackass. Even though the tone and content vastly differs from the MTV show or even its predecessors like the CKY series or the Big Brother videos. Now, this also has its roots in cops. You know, like you don't want to watch a cops where they pull over some just like person on their way home from work that was driving a little too fast. You want to watch the crazy drug addict like walking around butt naked in the bar. Yeah, you want to see all that stuff. And that's what keeps you watching. And, like, you're hoping that they get arrested so, like, a fight will ensue. It's the same thing. And even America's Funniest Home Videos, it's like, I want to see Granny fucking get whopped. Yeah. You know? It's the oddity, curiosity, like, aspect of human nature. Like The train they, wreck. You yeah, can't they look wanna, away from they it. They want to see the weird shit, you know? It's yeah. day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, you know, we talked about that at length on the Faces of Death one. It's just, like, whatever the worst thing is. And, I mean, but then it's, like, you're seeking out that kind of darkness, and then you put on bum fights, and there's literally just a lady, like, going into a store, like, a market, and taking a shit 
like yeah. on the floor. Oh yeah, like and you're just like fuck. Like, <laughs> like, Jackass already did that. Yeah, he, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, there's also glimmers of like more serious documentaries too, like the the film Streetwise from the '80s, which was a great documentary about homeless youth in Seattle, where like the fascination. And I mean, it, it's it's great that it brought a lot of visibility to the strife of homeless people, especially young people. But you're watching it because you just can't believe how fucked it is. Oh, absolutely. You know, so it's like there's it's the intention. They, they that, never that once makes it ask different. them about like their situation or anything. Like I've seen. Yeah, it's of, like, just like so. Like, stuff. did you have to prostitute yourself? Like, how do you steal? Like, where do you steal from? Yeah, and, there's and, no yeah. like there's no uh, like making the person a person. So I've seen documentaries where they like ask these people like what the situation was, and it's like it's insightful at least, and it it itches the curiosity because you're like, oh, that's crazy that that happened. Yeah, these guys are like, here's a forty ounce full of piss. Yeah, drink it. Yeah, it's <laughs> literally a thing that they do on bum fights. I know. Like, drink and then they're like, is that good beer? And the guy's still wasted. He's like, oh, it's good beer. Yeah, he says, oh, it's good beer. He says something like, uh, he's like, if that's a beer, I'll have another yeah, one. If that's a beer, I'll have another one. <laughs> God damn it. It's yeah. just like, Jesus damn. Christ, dude. Yeah, it, it is. It is fucked up stuff. It is dark. Like, again, when I, when I popped this shit in to watch it and not having seen it since I was like 10 or 11, I was sure. just like, oh, fuck. Like, this is so bad. Now, things really picked up for bum fights on May 31st, 2002, when a new marketing manager for In Decline named Ty Beeson was interviewed on On the Record with Greta Van Susteren. The show was part of the Fox News Network and brought the story from local newspapers of San Diego to a national platform. Beeson's nonchalant attitude and overall smartassness angered viewers almost as much as the product he was promoting. Soon after the interview, homeless advocate groups, along with concerned citizens, tried everything they could to stop the production of more videos as well as to stop the sales of the existing video. But this was just the beginning. Ty Beeson had other motives for involving himself with the bum fights brand besides helping them promote it. See Beeson and McPherson differ greatly due to their motivations behind making bum fights. McPherson never envisioned making the kind of money he ended up making. He just wanted to earn enough to make more videos. It's just still kind of fucked up. Yeah. But, but yeah, I guess it's like, if only I could make enough just to make more bum fights. That's so weird. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Whereas Beeson saw bum fights as the next jackass. So after acquiring the copyright to the brand bum fights behind McPherson's back, Beeson then paid $1.5 million for complete ownership of bum fights. He went on to release three more volumes of the series. There's four of them. There's four. Oh, I thought there was three. Yeah, so I thought did, that too. Did but... they detach from In Decline or did In Decline yeah, buy it? No, no. In Decline was McPherson's group, so the okay, original group. Because they're still around. Oh, yeah. And they're like gonna awesome get some... fucking, yeah. yeah, they do really cool stuff. Yeah, but lest we forget okay. what they, where, uh, yeah, where, where, where they come from. Sure, okay, sure. I reached out to In Decline, no answer. Declined. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it declined, yeah. My DM is In Decline, yeah. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Now... There's, there is a difference between the original bum fights and then the next three because Beeson is a lot more aggro with it. Like, Bum Fights 2 has such brutal bits. Like, there's one bit in Vegas where they just pick up this guy. He says he's a gangster. He's going to show you some gangster shit. And he just steals a lady's purse. Like, like oh, let me off here. Jumps out snatches a woman's purse off of her and then when he opens it up there's nothing in there empty box of cigarettes like yeah. nothing not even an id and he's like oh what the fuck like but it, like i'm like i just watched a lady get mugged straight up and like, then it, just, now it's like on a dvd for yeah. like kids to watch yeah and like and, and, but it's got like always yeah and then there's one 
like another drum and bass segment where uh, this guy's in a casino parking lot with a hammer and he's just going around breaking as many car windows as he can and stealing what he can get out of these cars. He does it to like 10 cars. Can you get accessory? Like if you get charged with that, like if you're, I don't know. I mean, bring them afterwards. Most likely. And I mean, it's very reckless. It's like, did they pay him? Like, to be like, hey, break into all these cars and you can keep whatever you steal. Who knows? You he know, he could have just done that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the, the worst one, like, so again, it it's not to say that one was really worse than the other, but it kind of was because, like, in one, yes, Donnie gets his leg broken by a sledgehammer. Yep. <laughs> you know, and a, and a forehead tattoo. But in number two, uh, Bum Fights Two, which is just titled Bum Life, they uh they find this guy who said, oh, I'll do anything for a guitar. I need a guitar. So they're like, okay, we'll buy you a guitar, but first, and they take him to this, like, Chinese, like, wet market kind of deal, and they get him a raw, uncooked, like, full-size frog that's shrink-wrapped. And they're like, you got to eat this. Nothing done to it. No sauce. No ranch. Nope. Nothing. Not gutted. Yeah. No. No. That's the whole point. And this guy devours a fucking frog, dude. Bones? Like, he he tries to (laughs) swallow down as many bones as possible, but he's, like, ripping the guts out. It is fucking disgusting and it is so sad and he's like trying to keep it down and he does and they're like the camera guys are just snickering that's the big thing is the camera guys snicker it, like, it became like <laughs> oh, yeah i feel like it probably became like now they have a budget now it's like self-aware now we can buy frogs yeah like they have frog money and, <laughs> yeah it's just yeah it seems like way more intentional and less like the first one seems more just like... Well, these are the guys that they were hanging out with that they were skating with. Yeah. you know, Or not not skating with, but like where they would go to skate, these two hobos... Yeah, now they're just finding there. people. And that's the difference. Like, you'll, you'll, you'll bum is, is pretty derogatory, you know, but then you have hobo, which is always used as like kind of like the more cheerful, like Disney vert, like a, like the bindle on the stick, like... Yeah, they get cute Riding eyes. the rails, like Pee Wee Herman and Pee Wee's Big Adventure, like riding the rails with, with yeah. the hobos, you know what I mean? They're just happy on a train. Yeah, yeah. like, yeah, swigging some swill. Like, what, what, what a life. Yeah, but no, in reality, you're getting paid $50 or whatever to eat a fucking frog. So the guy eats the frog, they take him to Guitar Center, buy him an acoustic guitar in a case, like, square deal, I guess. And then they find him three hours later, no guitar. No he way. pawned it. Oh my god! He pawned what the it. Fuck? And 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 now I don't know how big of a setup it is. Like I feel like the folks making bum fights didn't have the foresight to do like elaborate like reality TV style setups. So what they say happened is like they they realized he pawned his guitar with an hour. He still got a belly full of frog. Okay. No guitar now because he pawned it. So they went and paid for it to get it out of Hawk for the guy. And then they're like, okay, that's it, though. We're done with this guy. Yeah, <laughs> like, what the hell? We could have just gave him money. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I would have gone <laughs> like, too fast. I'm sure they bought him a shitty acoustic guitar. And I'm very curious to know how much. It was much probably that, like a couple hundred bucks. How much do you pawn that for? 50? Oh, yeah, totally. Could have saved them some money. And it was at one of those pawn stores where, like, it has the window outside and they put your thing in the locker and, like, they close the door, then you open it to get your shit in the oh, middle yeah, of the night. Yeah, like, yeah. It looks very, sketchy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a guy that just ate a frog and then pawned his guitar. Like, it's going to be a. He's not going to go to fucking Gold and Silver Pawn Shop and be like, hey, Rick. Like, yeah. <laughs> Chum Lee around? Yeah, yeah. What do you got here? And what's that on your chin? Oh, it's frog guts. <laughs> yeah. Um, and one of the worst things, uh, and my buddy like brought it up immediately when I was like, "Oh, dude, do you remember bum fights?" He's like, "Oh yeah, the mouth mixed screwdrivers." So there's a scene, and I know in the first one there's a scene where a guy pulls his tooth out with pliers. Yeah. Okay. They do that again in the second one, different kind of guy, and uh, he's got a flask of vodka, and like the way alcohol labels looked in the '90s and early 2000s, it looked like it got you more drunk. 
Oh, it was like it was like a, every alcohol looked like a Marlboro Red. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. like it was just something more hardcore about it. Exactly. Now it's, now it's cute. Right, right. Yeah. Now, yeah, now it's cute. But yeah, back then it's like, no, you're drinking vodka. Yes. So he has orange juice in one hand, vodka in the other, and you know, slip of one, sip of the other, swish it around, swallow it. So he's literally mixing screwdrivers in his mouth to get drunk enough to. Uh, he, they tie one of his teeth to a big rock, like a cinder block, and he's sitting on this wall throwing the cinder block off, hoping that it'll yank his tooth out, and it doesn't. So finally they're like, well, here, we'll, he's like, you just pull it out. You pull it out. And they make the camera guy fucking pull it out. You want to talk accessory. And, uh, but before he does that, he has to have more of these mouth mixed screwdrivers because it's like his miracle elixir. Sure. And, you know, speaking of miracle elixirs, I want to tell you guys a little bit about magic mind. Cause when I need the strength to do the impossible, much like this man, um, in bum fights, I reach for a shot of magic mind. It's an all natural once a day shot that you take. I recommend taking it in the morning as a caffeine replacer because caffeine tends to jack me up a little bit too much. I get a little too shaky and then I get off task trying to do too many things. Magic mind keeps me centered. It's full of new tropics, all different kinds of fancy mushrooms like lion's head and things like that. I can't rave enough about it because I was surprised that it worked so well. It's this tiny little green shot. It doesn't taste bad either. It tastes a lot better than it looks because I know sometimes that green juice, it just tastes like fresh cut grass, and that's not for everyone. This tastes like fruit. I do enjoy it. And if you want to enjoy it, and if you need the strength to do the impossible, you can go to magicmind.co slash culture dumps using promo code culture dumps. That's one word, culture dumps. You can get up to 20% off on a single order or 50% off of a subscription order. Again, that's magicmind.co slash culture dumps, promo code culture dumps, get magic mind and treat yourself to your very own shot of Popeye spinach. Cause that is essentially what it is now did they give you an acoustic guitar to do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i pawned it so i have to do more ads <laughs> I, I i want to try one of those out at some point it, it, they, they are good I, I i wouldn't hawk it if i if i didn't cock it you know what i'm saying Fuck yeah. so now we're at the bum trials while all of this was happening San Diego law enforcement was doing its best to find any way they could to criminally charge the guerrilla entrepreneurs. Their major focal point of the investigation was based on the fact that it was against the law to pay two people to fight in a non-regulated way. It is considered to be an illegal prize fight, although the prize is like 40 bucks or sure, but no money. You could do it though. Technically you could just ask two guys to fight and film them. Oh, that's an interesting point. Yeah. Yeah, As long as there's no prize, but the prize that's, that's the kicker. That's like some serious legal work where it's like, fuck, like how, like how deep do you have to go to find the crime? Well, there, there obviously had to be something illegal going on. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, dude, you want to talk illegal and bum fights too. Uh, one of the fucking craziest things they did, they got like six drug addicts and they buy this big bag of crack and then they make little bags and they, they put a rock in all the bags, like a real rock yeah. and they throw them in a pool. So they get weighted down to the bottom and then they have them dive in and for rocks for rocks. Whether, yeah. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. It's fucking. So, yeah. So for the record, I've only seen part one. Yeah. Uh, it, so everything Ryan is telling me about the sequels, I'm like, holy shit. It gets brutal. Well, and of course, Bum Hunter. I'm sure like those it, that know are like, what, what about Bum Hunter? Yeah. Bum Hunter, this kind of collides with uh, our Steve Irwin dump. But yeah, it's, you know, Crocodile Hunter spoof. But they just drive down alleys and stuff. And they're like, oh, there's a homeless person sleeping. Get out of the car. Just duct tape their fucking hands to their face. Yeah, you know, right on their fucking head. Like it's it's, it's fucked too because 
the guy doing it does a great job. Yeah. He looks like Steve Irwin. He sounds like Steve they Irwin. They dress him up in the he, shorts. Yeah, he dressed up. He doesn't miss any lines. He's literally like wrestling people. And, he's, and that could have gone really fucking bad. It's insane, but it's also like... I mean, it went oh, bad for someone but it, yeah. yeah it's horrible like they like tie up his legs and arms and be like oh we got a big one over here oh yeah. this one's feisty blah 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 yeah. oh he's uh, a fighter now and then they they let him go and they run off and it's it sucks it, it could be worse it could be not worse but it's horrible to see it's like as an adult i was like that's very fucked up yeah yeah uh, but i was telling ryan earlier one of the people they captured they're like oh this one's a senior he's like he's got gray hairs and he's like oh he's dusty too he's got a lot of dandruff and this guy's <laughs> sitting there tied up with duct tape around his ankles and wrists. And he's like, hey, man, I don't have dandruff, man. <laughs> and then he becomes fully uh, annoyed by the guy saying he had dandruff. I was like, be like annoyed you got just like assaulted and tied up you with know, duct tape. But he's like, I don't have dandruff, man. We all got our, our priorities. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's like, I'm sexy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'll, like you said earlier, there are characters and not the people doing the bad shit, but like within the, let's just quote-unquote talent pool that they're pulling from there is one segment that they do that i feel like anyone could find some humor in um it's like their mtv crib spoof that's they call it crates i know very insensitive but the guys that are doing it that are like showing off like the underpass that they live under yeah fucking hamming it up dude like like loving it like they've probably seen tons of episode of cribs like they are so fucking like genuinely funny and self-aware, like see that 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 segment gets a pass for me, um, because no one got hurt, and like they they also give them a um a gold shopping cart like that they like spray painted completely gold. I can see this is my motherfucking ride, and like you're like fuck, like okay, this one see that that could be on YouTube these right. days and still be like uh, exploitive, but not like you didn't throw rocks at them, right? Yeah, <laughs> you, you know? didn't tape like... their hands to their face or make yeah. them eat a frog, like spray paint them, make them drink fucking eighteen mouth mixed fucking screwdrivers before yeah. ripping our tooth yeah, out. Yeah, that's just more like uh, exploring the, the unknown, I guess, right. rather than like, hurting well, someone. Well, it's giving someone a, a, you know, a, a platform. Sure. Uh, so to speak. Now, let's get back to the illegal prize fighting. Now, while the vast majority of the fights shown in bum fights were captured in the moment, there were a few instances where homeless people appeared to have been paid to fight each other. And with that, the then assistant district attorney of San Diego, Curtis Ross, had his case. At this time, Bum Fights 2 had already been released by the new owners of the franchise, but it was Ryan McPherson and the original creators of Bum Fights that were being charged with the crimes. The crew was arrested and later stood trial for conspiracy to stage illegal fights. The trial played out like a troubled teen movie, with the in-decline crew giggling as witnesses testified against them. At the end, they pled guilty to the misdemeanor charge of promoting an illegal prize fight and were sentenced to community service, three years of probation, and three years with no association with each other or any homeless person. I guess they can't uh, live in any city. Yeah, imagine being like, sir, I would love to give you a dollar, but... I can't be any... Yeah, I'm not supposed to associate... Take out your document. Yeah, I actually made bum fights three years ago. Yeah, so yeah. sorry. Sorry, man. Not long after the criminal trial was over, a civil suit to the tune of $6 million was filed against McPherson and his crew on behalf of Rufus the Stunt Bum, a.k.a. Rufus Hanna, and Donnie Brennan. That was the thing. Rufus was kind of like 
on the very small level, like a pop culture star during that era. Yeah, like his, Everyone knew Rufus the stunt. His bomb. intro literally says a star is born. Yeah. When they introduce oh, him in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we have more news to come from both of those guys, but that's so not he, till later. Okay. So Rufus and uh, his buddy sued. Well, no, some high class, you know, civil lawsuit attorneys. Yeah. They're like, hey, you know, you guys should get some money. They're raking in X amount. You know, not realizing that McPherson and his, like the in decline guys, they didn't, they weren't making two, three, and four. No. You know, so yeah, exactly. they were only getting money from the first one, which was still a lot, you know, because I mean, do you want to start watching Godfather with part two? No, you want to buy the first sure. one first yeah. so they're still getting you know money uh, but the trouble with that trial was that it uh, with the original trial was it couldn't be proved that the fights were actually paid for except for one or two where there's actually money transaction on camera uh. But the rest of the video just like disgusted the jury so much. They're like, we'll hit them with whatever. Um, and most of the in decline crew, they didn't complete their community service. Uh, <laughs> and so they served jail time anyways. Jesus. And McPherson, he publicly called bullshit on the civil trial because the two defendants were still homeless after they had settled. So like, yeah, they probably got some money, but they're in like the height of alcoholism. They're still fucking homeless afterwards. Meanwhile, some lawyers that, you know, found an in just lined their pockets on behalf of so they're just as bad just as the as cycle the fucking... of exploitation. Yeah, just that's just as bad. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the amount of money that they had to pay uh, has not been disclosed. Mm. Now, when asked why prosecutors targeted Ryan McPherson and the In Decline crew, as opposed to Ty Beeson, who was the actual owner and producer of Bum Fights at the time of the trial, it was explained that they wanted to go after the original team responsible to set an example that anyone who creates such a thing can be prosecuted. They were worried about copycats, because if Bum Fights was a copycat of Jackass, what would a Bum Fights copycat look like? Uh-oh. Yeah, now there was a lot of imitators, and the thing is, bum fights eventually would be advertised on TV, albeit you know very briefly. But there was plenty of others like bum hunts, where they just kind of take the bum hunter idea and run with it the whole tape. Bum sluts, which was like girls gone wild but homeless. Oh god, incredibly fucked up. There was one called ghetto brawls. Then of course you have the rise of backyard wrestling, where like people are like, oh well, I have all these tapes of me and my buddies. If they're making money, why not? So backyard wrestling comes up. Also with backyard wrestling, that's also when like the ECW was coming up and WWF was in the attitude era. Yep. So ever wrestling as a whole was gnarlier. So when you're going to imitate it at home, it's going to be gnarlier. Oh yeah. It's like Jackass is like the mainstream one. And then the copy the copy of the copy of that is bump fights and then just gets worse. Um, that also brings up like felony fights. If, if you remember that series where it's just like drive, no. just like a bunch of trucks with like, you know, fucking skin industry stickers and like metal militia and all that stuff driving out to the middle of nowhere and just two guys having it out or two girls or there's one where it's two girls versus one guy two girls one guy <laughs> um the, the the most famous one though and my buddy like if he was listening i know he'd be like say it say it is uh, a match on felony fights called drop dropper versus sick boy and it is fucking heinous i think sick boy latches onto the guy's nose like hannibal lecter style and it's just like "Eh, eh," like biting this guy's face and he's like what the fuck like i thought this was a fight and like yeah dropper isn't called dropper because he just drops knees on dudes and like they're like snoring like just curdling blood in their throat and it's like buy this and also there's some like bikini chicks in between i mean even the ufc started around then yeah totally everything is getting hyped up porn starts getting crazier there's a great documentary called porn demic about the extreme trends in porn 
born in the late nineties and early two thousands, like, and how just, it was an extreme time. Like Woodstock 99 Mountain Dew was the extreme drink. You know, you had the X games, everything is more extreme. Everything had to be gnarlier and we have bum fights because of all that. Um, and you know, some of these films, they got wrapped up in the, uh, scene on TV frenzy, a la girls got wild or banned from television. And we know that those come from the same guy uh, and some would feature sexual stuff, but mostly just violence. And that also gave birth to the hustling genre of shockumentaries, which is kind of like the inner city answer to the suburban based videos. So it's like, Oh, well, motherfuckers fight all the time in our neighborhood. Like that's nothing new. Like, yeah. so film that shit. Like there is a great, it's kind of bum fights adjacent. It was called rock stars. And it was in some very fucked up neighborhood in New Jersey where they just go around interviewing the crackheads and they call them rock stars. Cause like oh once they God. hit that pipe, they start dancing. Oh and my like, God. yeah. And so, I mean, it trickled down and it became like a thing that everyone knew they could do. And with bum fights, there wasn't a disclaimer. It was like, no, you could do this. Yeah. Like, you know, um, think like very primitive world star. That's like the hustling trend and they still make that shit. Sure. Um, if you go to Amoeba Records right now in the in the documentary section, they always have a shockumentary section, and then there will be a hustling section. Oh, really? Yeah, right. There, there used to be. Damn. Now, one of the worst case scenarios as far as copycats go was a group of affluent Las Vegas high school kids who called themselves the 311 boys <laughs> chill yeah the 311 boys resembled the party crews of the early to mid 90s but with a much more violent edge soon the group or we can just go ahead and call them a gang because that's what they fucking are began shooting videos of their violent altercations and party antics now party crews if you don't know in like the late 80s early 90s especially in like places like east LA um, it was like a positive for the most part, answer to gangs. And so it's like you had a, a crew name, your tag, you would have like shirts made, you would have colors maybe that you wore, but you guys just partied the hardest. Yeah. And there'd be like chick party crews and guy party crews. And then sometimes there would be fighting and stuff and that would kind of bleed into normal gang shit. And the 311 boys, because they were from like the rich suburbs of Las Vegas, they're like trying to be like the gangs that they're hearing and all the music they like and all this shit. Yeah. But it's coming off more like, well, we just go to this party at this chick's house and fucked everything in the house up, you know, kind of shit like that. And then that turns into fights. Um, now it's believed that they got their name three eleven, <laughs> not from the band, yes. but rather from the Ku Klux Klan. Oh, the, the classic. K being the 11th letter of the alphabet. 311 amber is the color of a burning cross. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. But that, yeah, the 311 boys. It's also kind of intimidating. Like anything with boys at the end, you know yeah. it's either like a very fun-loving rap group from the 80s or rich white kids that are going to set your fucking house on fire. Oh, yeah. Like, there's no other good kind I, of I boys. remember when I was younger fucking lighting off a bunch of fireworks at some house party like we weren't supposed to be at and like pouring... Oh, yeah, you go through the medicine cabinets? Pouring motor oil on the sheets. And just oh. like being horrible. I don't like any oh, of this Yeah, stuff. like the upper decker, you but, know, shitting in the toilet tank. Yeah, exactly. Just like, you know, fuck shit up type of mentality yeah fsu i mean Damn. you could really relate the 311 boys to fsu uh, in, in a lot in, 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 in some ways <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> in, in, in some ways uh, they they both have could have an episode of gangland One there you of them go did. yeah yeah now the gang caught the attention of local journalists and law enforcement alike but it was viewed as a boys being boys kind of problem rather than a serious street gang but this would change drastically after a July 2003 incident that almost resulted in the death of 16-year-old Tanner Hansen. 
Now, what happened was Hanson and his friends were at a party. That's the richest name I've ever heard. Tanner Hanson, yeah. Okay. I know. So. I don't want to make too much fun of him, though, because you <laughs> okay, got him Okay, bad, okay, yeah. okay. But, but you, you are right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, he was at a party with his friends. The 311 boys show up looking for trouble. Everyone is a target. Like, they were, they were not uh, great to gals, either, if you can believe it. So everyone gets nervous when the 311 boys come in. And I'm picturing them with, like, you know, popped collar polo shirts. And fucking like, yeah. you know the the, the Menendez brothers. Oh okay? yeah, yeah, but yeah, like, and eight of their friends all of a sudden show up to your party. God. Yeah, cover your drinks and fucking, it's time to go. Uh, so they the Tanner and his friends they tried to leave, but they were followed. Like they get in their truck, a a kind of car chase ensues on these open suburban streets, and people are coming out of the woodwork throwing bottles at their car, rocks. Eventually, they block the street so they can't go anywhere, and they pull them out of the car, beating Tanner and his friends with rocks and bottles, causing permanent brain damage oh, no. and nearly killing Hanson. Yeah. So the trial of the 311 boys focused mostly on their perceived leader, Stephen Gaisley, who was also facing assault charges after attacking someone else with a crowbar at another party. Jesus. Yeah. But all this is filmed. Yeah. Now, when all was said and done, justice was not served. Four of the defendants were sent to a detention center for one year, while two others were given probation and a final defendant was fully acquitted. Now, there was no video of the actual attack on Hanson and his friends because they probably destroyed it. But they showed all their other 311 boys videos in court. And the jury was like, these guys, like, we're lucky they got anything. But they're like, these guys are going away for something. Yeah. Yeah. Except for that one. He can, he can just leave. (laughs) Yeah. Now, even more shocking and unfortunate than the 311 boys tragedy was the death of an Australian homeless man at the hands of four teens in November of 2002. Not to mention the 2006 killing of a homeless man at the hands of a group of teens in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yeah, like they're just taking it. So the Australians, they there was they lived in this tiny town. I don't have the name written down, but it was very very small, low population town. There was only one homeless person, and everyone knew them. Everyone knew the homeless person. They're like fun fights. Let's do it to fucking Rodney or whatever the fuck his name was. Sure. And they're they're hey man, we'll give you money. We'll do this. He's he doesn't want any part of it. So they set his like tent encampment deal on fire, like and film it, and he gets trapped inside and burns to death. Oh, my God. Yeah. What the fuck is that? And then in Wisconsin, it's the same deal. Kids go up, oh, we'll pay you to do this fucking, like, whatever they're asking to do. He won't do it, so they start throwing stuff at him, and eventually it turns into, like, someone throwing a barbecue at him, a fucking cinder block. And they end up basically just stoning the poor guy to death. Dude. Yeah, so, like... In my hometown, I'm from a town called Weymouth, Massachusetts. Yeah. Um, It's, like, two towns from Boston. Uh, A homeless dude around the same time, I don't know if it was the first one. I don't think it was a fire, but some like two kids like killed a homeless guy in our local park. God. Like, some, like juggalo type of kids or whatever. Yeah. But I think it was more Norman Batesy than like trying to fuck with a homeless guy. I think it was actually like, just more like psychopathic. Yeah, yeah. Just like bad, bad shit. Yeah. It's, it's dangerous being homeless, man. I, I do. Yeah. I do feel for, for them. I mean, fuck like, you know, like, cause again, you have this thing where like, yeah, there's, like, some homeless, like, you know, we live in Hollywood. Like, there's some pretty fucking scary folks out there on oh, the yeah. street that you'll see with hammers in their belt loops and fucking, you know, doing bad shit. But that's not everyone. And to be in a town where you only have one homeless guy, where it's more of a hobo yeah, yeah, than anything, yeah. and everyone kind of loves him and brings him food, and, oh, come on over for Christmas, and then these kids just set him on fire and kill him. Jesus. Like, to get on the internet. It's like the soup guy in Groundhog Day. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> just, just like just the like soup that. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, the Wisconsin thing... That was in 2006, and 2006 was a big year for bum fights, and in reality, the last year. 
Owner and executive producer, if you want to give him that high of a title, Ty Beeson was making the rounds on the media in order to promote the fourth and what would be the final installment of Bum Fights. He was asked to appear on the Dr. Phil show. Oh, yeah. And what happened next is the stuff of internet legend. Yep. Now, this is amazing video. Like, Ty Beeson, yes, total piece of shit. I think it's safe to say. And, like, his, his interview on Fox, you know, back... A couple years before this one, when he was defending bum fights, when he was still working with the original team, you know, he's snotty and he's like, hey, we're, we're shining. They would always do this thing where they'd say, like, we're just showing it how it really is. Like, So some of them have disclaimers, not like, don't try this at home, but more like, oh, this is meant to showcase the, the reality, the brutal reality. And I'm like, no, you're just covering your ass. But yeah. It's and, so, and then it's, it's so a guy tra- eating a frog. It's so fucking yeah. transparent. It's right. It's like, come on. Yeah, it's like okay, so like the reality, like the raw reality of paying some poor woman they wouldn't 50 have been bucks do- to take a shit on the floor in the market. Yeah, they like, wouldn't have been doing that if you weren't there. Like that's not like yeah, capturing exactly. a moment. That's exactly that's instigating a moment. So he has this long history of of being like a troll essentially. So he shows up on Doctor Phil. They show this awful, you know, like smash reel of like, oh, this is what the youth are into. I remember even um, we, we love talking about our Fox special reports. Uh, from Fox 11, which was, you know, they did like the swing revival thing. We showed a couple clips of it at, at our show. Yeah, they did an emo. They did party cruise. There's a great one. Uh, YouTube Fox special report ditch parties about kids in East LA ditching school to have raves. It's amazing. Okay. But they did one about bum fights and like they showed copycat videos and it was just kids like slashing tires and shit. Uh, and they would reach out to him for a comment, but he shows up on Dr. Phil and he is wearing a Dr. Phil suit. He shaved his head to be bald, just like Dr. Phil. Right down the middle. He kept the sides. Yeah, did everything. Oh, it's so fucking perfect. Did did the mustache. And, you know, he, he became somewhat of an internet folk hero for doing that. But what people don't realize is what he was on Dr. Phil to promote in the first place. He totally shifted the... the totally. Uh, yeah. And it was genius. Yeah. You know, because... And he did have a good point where he's like, look, like, I came looking like you because you do exactly what I do. You have all these poor people on that need help and you exploit them on TV for people's entertainment. Yeah. There's truth to that. And you're showcasing my shit for views. Yeah. And money. Yeah. So, yeah. And, but I love Dr. Phil's reaction is just like, get out of here. Yeah. Like, I won't even talk to this yeah, guy. Yeah, he's like an upset father. He's yeah. Like he's 20... like, get out of here. No. Yeah. But, like, the damage was done, you know. But again, like, not, neither of those guys are heroes in, in that instance. It's just. It what... was a very sick troll. It was absolutely sick. But that's it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's like, lest we forget why he was there in the first place. <laughs> now, the last public appearance by Ty Beeson, as far as we know and were able to find, was at a 2010 amateur box match in which he participated in i don't know who won or lost couldn't find more about it besides that now besides that instance details of his whereabouts are sketchy at best so where are they now bum fights edition despite the scandal bum fights did manage to earn itself a confusingly loyal fan base that have kept tabs on those involved over the years donnie brennan for instance the man with the bum fights forehead tattoo was interviewed in 2011 the vietnam vet was sober and no longer homeless He was also in the process of getting his infamous tattoo removed. Bling Bling the Crackhead, as that's the only way that we know him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Self-proclaimed. He was the only person to star in all four bum fights. Just couldn't get enough of Bling Bling. Uh, There's one that they do with him where they, it's so fucked. They they take him to a church where he's going to get baptized and they dress him up all nice. And he he obviously hasn't had any crack for a while. 
And he's like, yeah, I was homeless and I want to turn my life around and I need to be baptized. And they're like, oh my God, do you guys hear this story? And the church is full and everyone's got their hands up. Oh, bless him. Amen. And they dunk him in the water. And when he comes up, he's like, psych, I'm still bling bling. And he pulls a crack pipe out of like a plastic baggie in his pocket and like fucking hits it in the church. That's on one of the videos. It's fucking, I think it was like a promo, but yeah, I remember that. But uh, yeah, he was in all four of them. He's been seen as recently as 2018 roaming the streets of San Francisco. He still takes pictures with people yep. and raps for his fans. Yeah, I have uh, some graffiti pals, uh, you know, and one of them was in San Francisco for a while. And he Bling Bling was just always up in his stories, like as of like, yeah, like 2018, 2019. Yeah, yeah he's around. Damn. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it's that's another one of those like teenage obsession things like make him rap like, oh, there's this like homeless guy and he raps like and you you don't realize how fucked up it is until years later. You sure. know what I mean? But uh, it's like it reminds me of a uh, Welvin the Great, the the D's nuts guy. I saw him a couple months ago. Yeah, I see Holly- him all the time. Hollywood and Highland. Uh, falling around like a Spider-Man or something. Yeah, like people get them wasted. Like they have no idea that this guy's like obviously in clear need of help. Yeah. And like the younger the person that recognizes him is, like the worse the interaction is going to be because it's like, oh, fucking like, yeah, here, let me buy you this or smoke this or whatever. And it's just like you're keeping this guy fucked up. It's hard too because now with, with social media, I know we're getting off track a little bit, but with social media, like they see him like being like he's weird looking, obviously has issues, but they see him online, he's viral. But then like, actual celebrities will do videos with him. Like he ended up with like, I don't want to say it was Snoop Dogg, but just like, so I've seen multiple videos where they just have this dude come and hang out. Yeah. So I think a lot of people assume like, Oh, okay. He's fine because now he's rich or something. Well, that's (laughs) what, that's what happens is like, they have this, like this huge amount of visibility out of nowhere. And then, that kind of dies down, you know? So it's like at first, yeah, like big celebrity, like, oh, let's get him to do an appearance at this festival show that we're doing yeah, or whatever. But then that ends it's like and now you're just left guy. out there. Yeah. Yeah. But, or yeah. anything. But that guy, <laughs> that guy seemed more normal, but yes, he, yes, he did. But you know what I mean? It's like, if you have the, like, if you have addiction problems or if you're a person that could be susceptible to that kind of thing, you only have like a couple months of the spotlight before now you're just left to the street where, you know, you're back to it saying these nuts for beers you know sure yeah it's, it doesn't really pay the bills no it doesn't yeah, i mean viral videos don't pay the bills being no. in a band doesn't pay the bills anymore it's yeah like it's very like when when a video goes viral it's very rare to see it get the amount of views it gets as a total from the person that posted originally it's yeah. always the reshares Dude, and the poachers i, I, I had a stupid video last year that did like i think 11 million views or oh, something wow, yeah. and i made no money off of it yeah. <laughs> but like i didn't want that obviously i have my brand and my work and like i don't need that but it was it was funny to see. I'm like, some of these people go so viral and you just assume like, oh, they're probably raking it in. But yeah. I'm like, no, like from where? Unless you're invited on Ellen and she gives you like free shoes or something. Like, yeah. You're not really exactly. making anything. Like, yeah, it, it, exactly. Now, arguably the biggest success story to come out of bum fights was Rufus Hanna, a.k.a. Rufus the stunt bum. Rufus had always been outspoken against bum fights after he realized how much money it made. Around 2007, Rufus was dumpster diving when he was found by a man named Barry Hoper. Hoper helped Rufus get sober and got him a job as a property manager at an apartment complex. Oh, shit. Yeah. Wow. Later, Rufus would get a job at a veteran's hospital. Being an army vet himself, he was very passionate about it, and that helped drive his sobriety. He even released a best-selling book about his experience with bum fights, homelessness, and addiction called Bum Deal. Great title. Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, Rufus was famous for getting bum fights tattooed on his knuckles. Yep. That's like the cover of the first one. The cover of the book, it says bum deal, and it's like knuckles. Same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Now, after the release of his book, he became a motivational speaker who would teach teens about the dangers of drugs and alcohol. But uh, all of this came to an end oh, on October no. 4th, 2017, when he died in a horrific car accident. Oh, really? Yeah. Driving? I fucking or... hate it when they die in a car accident. Yeah, dude. man. Was he driving or do you know he, the details? I, I think he was, he was either a passenger or he was driving, but he got hit by a big rig. Blammo. Yeah. I, I, I hate that shit. It's like you go, you get through everything. Like there's this, there was a lady who was a Holocaust survivor out in, in uh, Southern California somewhere and she got ran over by, by a lady, you know, and she was like 90 something years old. So you go your whole fucking life. Really? You know, you go through all this shit and this then the stupid car accident. Smashing his head and neck through windows. Dude, he was point. breaking legs with sledgehammers yeah. for fucking vodka. Oh, that's so sad. I'm glad he had like at least a decade of. He did good work. Yeah. You know, but yeah, it's fucked up. It's like we, we talked about it on our Patreon, patreon.com slash culture dumps, um, about the documentary Project Grizzly, where there was this guy in Canada who's like his life's work was creating a suit. That you could wear and be attacked by a grizzly bear and survive it. Okay. And, uh, like, he would do this crazy testing where he'd just stand in this suit and let his friends hit him with a truck at full speed, and he'd be fine. Or, like, like throw a fucking tree at him from, yeah. like, the top of a mountain, and he'd be fine. He created a suit that you could that soldiers could wear that were lightweight enough to wear in combat, and he would let his friends shoot him with fucking shotguns, and he'd be fine. Wow. Dies in a car accident. Yeah. Like fuck, yeah. You should have worked on a car accident suit. But <laughs> yeah. why weren't you wearing it? Start there, dude. You like, when are you gonna run into a grizzly bear? Should have like, been wearing it. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> yeah, I, I hate when they die in car accidents. It's so tragic. Now this is a bit of a dump crossover here. Uh, one of the most memorable skits from Bum Fights we talked about it was called the Bum Hunter, which was a parody of the Crocodile Hunter. Now, again, the bum hunter, you'd lunge out of a van, capture homeless people by duct taping their hands and feet together, hog tying them. The actor who played the bum, fun, bum hunter, bum hunter, <laughs> the actor who played the bum hunter was a man named Todd Richard Lewis, who would go on to help make the O.J. Simpson prank video Juiced that was sold on late night TV. No shit. Yes. He also, this is the next crossover. So we, let's see, we have the OJ Simpson juice. We talked about that on our OJ roundup episode with Adam. Uh, we have crocodile hunter. That's an episode. He also ran for governor during the 2003 California recall election. That's another episode <laughs> also Whoa. with Adam. Um, yeah. So it's a triple whammy of dumps with the bum. Hunter. I remember I was, I, sh- I was shocked yesterday watching uh, bum fights and then, uh, oh, you know, good. It's a no, good no, reaction no. to have. Um, but obviously I said like, it got a little, I started feeling a little weird during bum hunter, but um, at the end of the movie, they are like bum hunter played by in full ass name. Yeah. I'm like, no shame. That's cause like the beginning, has like nicknames and kind of blurred faces and it's all like yeah, that, that, that's the big thing yeah and at the end it's just like bum hunter bye and says his full fucking name and i'm like <laughs> god you got some balls dog yeah just yeah did not care oh uh, yeah it's interesting though you, you're right they, they did it actually it took me a while i had to go through a bunch of different newspapers to, to the find names, the yeah. full to find the full list of names exactly. of the, the crew mcpherson is the one that's always been the face of it yeah. but yeah to find the other guys because yeah it'll show them in the opening credits and it'll be like cock mcdickerson and yeah like it was shit like blurred that. face fucking yeah. pers- like shadowed out well speaking of him whatever came of the boy who started it all ryan mcpherson mcpherson started bum fights but he also started the company under which it was released in decline Sometime in the mid-2000s, In Decline rebranded themselves as an artist collective. They still released videos, but they were much more centered around graffiti and anarchist values. 
In 2008, McPherson publicly denounced bum fights, claiming that it was something he thought was a good idea in high school, but as the project blew up and the law got involved, he had already aged out of that mindset. He knew that he had done something bad. He, uh, he, he recognizes it now. Tries to put it behind him. Yeah. Culture Dumps is here to <laughs> dredge that shit back up. Sure, yeah. Because I do think there is a there is a point. Um, but now he's fiercely dedicated to what some might call extreme leftist politics and activism. In 2015, an in-decline channel appeared on YouTube and continues to showcase their newfound beliefs, beliefs via video. Um, also, right after the fourth bum fight i want to say around 2006 or 2007 they released in decline volume one it's worse than you think um that's the title of it not my opinion and it, it's like graffiti stuff like someone will go up to a cop car smash a window yeah things like it's it's and, and also there's fighting and stuff like that too still street fighting but no more homeless stuff uh it's it's much more focused on like smashing the system just graph culture and shit like that exactly too. yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, exactly which i like like I said, when we got here, I was like, do they still do that? Because uh, I like, I fuck with in decline. Yeah, like, no, no. Days, they, like, yeah. But, like, like some of the things that they do, like, like they're really famous for changing billboards. Like you know, I followed them a couple of years ago. I actually reached out to in decline to see if they wanted to comment on their, you know, roots, yeah. <laughs> bum fights. Uh, no answer. Uh, not surprising. But. Like they they would they went down to the south where the highways are just full of these anti-abortion billboards and they would change them up you know ch change the words make them look super real they also did that like for gun stuff like gun control yeah um they're really really good at that they did a thing where they they found a tree out in the middle of you know some field and and they hung up a bunch of fake bodies dressed as clan members so it's like them hanging you yeah, know the strange crazy thing. like like uh, just physical art pieces or whatever yeah they, they they did a thing after uh after trump said like the the did, gave the whole speech about oh you know we have immigrants coming over the border and they're rapists and murderers they did a thing where they uh they, they made like a super realistic head of like a trump head yeah. and then they showed uh like they went to all the countries that have the most like people trying to immigrate to America and had people kicking around Donald Trump's head film that they made a documentary um, that has like Shepard Ferry in it and fat Mike and all these punk icons. Yeah. Like they're, they're doing big stuff that they went to the Hollywood walk of fame and they replaced the names of a bunch of celebrities with names of police I've seen shooting their victims stuff in, in Hollywood for sure, man. Yeah. Uh, and if you drive from, from LA to Las Vegas, like, Oh the, yeah. The you can still see the famous in decline. The, yeah. The stickers or the, the wheat pasted shit. And, the and that's interesting too. Yeah. Cause the, the the wheat paste symbol it's like a business suit like crosswalk symbol with guy with devil, with devil horns, horns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the symbol that they've been using since bum fights oh yeah straight up yeah that's when i when they like got back together i was like oh shit like i know what that is yeah you know yeah and that that in decline thing it's always there on the 15 mm -hmm. on, the, on the way to vegas i always like look that's how i know i'm like x amount of time away exactly like, right when you hit when you hit the that. abandoned water park and like there. if you go to their uh their website they had a web store and they were selling like this is especially during like like the George Floyd unrest, like they would sell these batons that had a window breaker on one side. So you could like break into car windows. It was also a high powered flashlight, like with a, with a strobe capability. And it was a taser and, a, and, there, and then it had the little in decline logo. And it's like, yeah. they would just call it like all purpose baton, like smash shit with this, you yeah. know, like that, that, that's their, that's their thing. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a good rebrand, you know, they're um, fighting the system, but yeah. they, they got their start doing fucked up shit. Yep. Now, probably the strangest part of this whole story is that in 2014, Ryan McPherson and Bum Fight's co-creator Daniel Tanner were arrested in Thailand. This is 2014. After it was discovered that they were attempting to smuggle medical specimens out of the country. 
These specimens included human hands and feet and the head of an infant that was in like a preserved oh, jar, you know, with like yeah, humectant yeah, yeah. fluid or uh, in a, some, some, or some kind of formaldehyde. Yeah. yeah. Uh, from a, from a medical specimen museum. And, uh, you know, when I worked for the Museum of Death, like we, when we found that out, we had this like inkling, like, are they going to try and sell that to us? Yeah. Like, yeah, like, you know, like, what were you going to do with that? Like, did they ever find out or no? So, so they got caught with that stuff at customs that they, they were released due to lack of evidence. But it's like, what lack of evidence? Like, I guess they couldn't prove that they stole it. Like, they just had it. And it's one of those weird things, like with Graham Parsons, right? Where like they wanted to burn Graham Parsons' body in the desert. So they hijacked the coffin with the body, but then it turned out there was no charge. Like there was nothing on the books about stealing a body. So they only got charged with stealing the casket. Weird. Yeah. So it's like this thing where it's like, okay, well, like I guess it's not illegal in Thailand for you to have these specimens. It's illegal for you to steal them, but we can't prove that you stole them. So we're going to let you go. They were still investigating them, but they fled to Cambodia and then escaped back to the U S before the investigation could be completed. Jesus Christ. What what band was in Graham Parsons in again? Uh it's just Graham Parsons. Oh, just, just Yeah, when Flying Burrito Brothers, I think. Okay. But uh yeah. Uh <laughs> Yeah, it's I the, remember that story and ho- I was like, horrible movie like, with uh with I, I hate to say it, but a horrible movie made about it with uh, Johnny Knoxville. But oh. let's let's get to the bums of TikTok. Uh, there are plenty of echoes of bum fights in present day. Just look at any social media platform. Thousands of influencers, both famous and aspiring, attempt to gain likes and followers by filming the everyday brutality many homeless people face on the streets or even by helping out the less fortunate with food and money. There are plenty of arguments both for and against this trend. The main argument for the trend is the fact that at least young people are being inspired to help no matter how shallow their intentions may be. But on the other hand, there is a tendency to only do this once, and if their video does not go viral, that's it for that. Let's move on to the next thing. No more giving to the the needy. Yeah. Um, and there's also this aspect to it, like if you you know give a man a fish, he eats for a day. Teach a man to fish, you know he'll be fine for the rest of his life. Whatever it is, it's like great you help them out just this one time for the likes. But what happens to them next? And there's also this huge misunderstanding of like what addiction is and what brought some of these people there in the first place. Like you might be doing more harm by giving someone a hundred dollars out of nowhere you know rather than like that's why i like the ones where they're like no we got you a hotel room and we filled the fridge with food sure and here's a fresh like change of clothes like that's fine no problem with that i had a, I had a buddy of mine who used to sell me drugs um <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a good who, buddy who also like uh, did viral stuff or whatever and he went and gave out like jersey mike's subs to homeless people yeah but i remember being like six inch yeah <laughs> Like, really? What a tease. Yeah, I'm like, dude, give them a fucking sub, baby. They, they haven't eaten. Yes. I mean, and, you know, so there's a lot of these people that are making a difference, albeit, you know, in small way. I keep saying albeit this episode. This episode's very albeit because there's, like a, there's a lot of double-sidedness to, like it, yeah. to what we're talking about here. But there's also just plenty of people that make viral videos and tons of real, like highly followed accounts that are just filming like naked homeless people walking down the street during a manic episode or like, you know, shooting up on the bus, like just this raw fucking shock stuff. Like that's equally as popular as the positive. Stuff. Yeah. Humanity's gross in that aspect. Yeah. And uh, like street fighting is huge. I mean, world star had to go through this big thing where they like now like don't show fights, you know, or they can't show them on like their Instagram. Oh no. And oh, so, yeah. That was like their biggest thing, you know, yeah, so it, has the, to, it has to be on the website itself. Or yeah. Yeah. 
And we've also seen a rise in, for lack of a better term, bum exploitation in the form of vigilante justice, like bait bike pranks or purse bombs. Not to mention the total lack of understanding of addiction that goes into making such brash decisions as giving a random homeless person a suitcase full of money, as seen in the film, the 2005 film *Reversal of Fortune*. Like they find this homeless guy again, they don't take the time to be like, like "Are you addicted to anything? Like, like what problem? Like." Like, how did you end up in this situation so we can appropriately help you? Sure. And so they they just follow this guy. They tell him, yeah, we're making a documentary about being homeless. And they put us a, a briefcase with like $100,000 in it in the trash can. And the real goal of the documentary is see what this guy does. Dude, he gets a hooker, gets a motel room, buys a bunch of meth, shit tons of booze, buys a truck, crashes it. Fucking like, it's like, you I can't think I, re- I recall that like people need help, you know, and it's not always help when you do that. And like, as far as the bait bike shit goes, they never film that. It's never like a three eleven boy, yeah. you know, stealing the bike, you know, that they set up with a chain that's going to like yank them off when they get too far. It's always some poor fucking homeless guy. that's like, Oh great. Now I can get to the bus easier. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it's going to make my life way easier. I needed this. Right. It also reminds me of like the hatchet wielding hitchhiker where it's like, oh, this guy is like a fucking hero. Let's give him all the accolades. Let's fly him out. And like this guy's a fucking nut. No one asked enough questions. No one asked enough questions. Like there's a total lack of understanding and it just a a jump to the gun, you know, or like the that that document. I mean, sorry, but that documentary was crazy because like like hitting someone with a hatchet is insane. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like stopping a crime is one thing, but they're like. His interview is like, so I just kept whacking him in the head. Yeah, and, and everyone's like, like, hell yeah. <laughs> let's, yeah, let's, let's get that guy here. Let's send him a limo. Yeah, it's like not like he knocked the guy out and like supermaned or hit him no. once. He's like, and if you watch that documentary, murder. You, you found out that he was the one that smoked the dude out with like all sorts oh, of Oh, he got crazy. the ride from him. Yeah, and yeah. he had smoked him out and like set the guy's fucking mental shit off because he laced him. It's like fucking crazy. Jesus. Um, also, it reminds me of, um, what's his name? Ted Williams, a.k.a. the hobo with the golden voice. From the Red Sox. Was that his no, deal? No, no, no. Uh, Oh. No, no, that was an old baseball player. Oh. Yeah, the way over man with the golden voice. Well, yeah, yeah. There, there was this homeless guy who, who you know, had like a perfect buttery radio voice, and so people would. And he's like, "Oh, thank you for the money," blah blah blah, and uh, you know, he started. He was on Good Morning America, and all the stuff starts getting all these accolades, and things didn't go well for him. Didn't they know? get him a show? Uh, he he yeah he had a career, and then and then it, it all just started. You know, old yeah. habits die hard. Sure. You know what I mean? Like giving someone a house and like and filling their bank account does not cure an ailment. Oh no. You know, it does not cure the disease that is addiction. And you know, that's, that's the thing that's being misunderstood. And uh, that's the big takeaway here. So what does it all mean? Well, I guess it means that in life, there are two kinds of people, those who hurt and those who help. Unfortunately, the world is a big place and people are really complex. So the line is easily blurred. Bum fights was a disgusting glimpse at man's inhumanity to man, and I am just as guilty as millions of other shithead kids who thought it was funny when we were young because we didn't understand the difference between bum fights and a show like Jackass. The homeless, as well as addicts, are some of society's most vulnerable people, and to prey on them for amusement is absolutely despicable. If you really want to pay to be entertained by a homeless person, go to Times Square, Fremont Street, Hollywood Boulevard, Venice Beach, or anywhere else you can throw a dollar in the hat of someone singing or performing for their next meal. And rest in peace, Rufus. Don't film it. Yeah, and don't film it. Do it like enjoy the moment. Help someone because help someone. it's nice to help people. Okay, you know? Before we wrap this up, can I put throw in a side story? I oh, just, absolutely. I, I oh yeah, yeah. I, I got I had a couple other things. So like that. 2002 or whatever, whenever PlayStation 2 came out, 
uh, I saved up all my money. I was working at a bakery, and I was like, as soon as I saw GTA 3, I was like, I have to own PlayStation 2 because, sure. holy shit, this is the future of gaming. This is the coolest <laughs> thing you I've were ever right. seen. Um, so I buy a PS2. I went to a vocational school. So my periods were like, first three periods uh, were just a vocation, and then the last four were like, you know, English, math, science, whatever. Um, but I got to do, it was four years of this. So I did a lot of dicking off in high school because I was in <laughs> a vocational class and it was for architecture. So it was like, I was friends with my teacher. We had a TV, all the shit. And he let us get away with murder because we were pretty good kids. We weren't like degenerates. It wasn't like an alternative school. You weren't out making bum fights. Yeah, exactly. But I bought bum <laughs> fights and I brought bum fights to school. And one morning I hooked up my PS2 and he was like out doing something and came back in. He never really paid attention because it was always like skate videos or video games and just like would let us get away with shit for a little bit. Yeah. It's crazy my teacher let me play GTA 3 in the middle of class. Sure. But it was also like three hour class. You know, we, he taught us and then we get to do, go to our own devices. Yada, yada. The point is I put in bum fights from a class <laughs> one time. And it was like 25 kids in this class, maybe, maybe 20. And uh, right after the part where the guy gets his head tattooed, my principal walks in and he's just like, hey, what's going on? And I'm like, oh, shit. And right when he walks in, he looks at the TV and it, right after that dude gets his head tattooed, he gets a blowjob from a crackhead. Oh, right. And I'm like 10th grade. And he looks over <laughs> and he's like, what the <laughs> fuck is going Like literally a bunch of 16 year olds in class watching like a homeless dude get a blowjob in high school. Right. And uh, I got... <laughs> I didn't get suspended, but I, I got some detentions. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could have been killed. I could have been expelled. Your story could have been like <laughs> McPherson's. Like, you could have been kicked out of school for showing underground videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like him. <laughs> you know, I also want to say uh, there's a great film, Hobo with a Shotgun, which was done by Jason Eisner, who did one, one of my favorite shows ever, Dark Side of the Ring. Um, but in Hobo with a Shotgun, the whole thing is that there's this crime-ridden town. It's it's run by crime lords. The, uh, the colors in that movie are amazing. It's I, I, such a good film. I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of it. But uh, a homeless guy, you know, a hobo, gets off the train in this new town to see what he can see what he can scrape up, and it's just terrible. And there's a guy filming bum fights, and he's like, "You want to get in on this? You want to yeah. get in on this?" And in order to get money to buy a shotgun to clean up the town, he like agrees to be on bum fights, and he like chews up a glass bottle. Oh yeah, and then he fucking comes back with a gun and blows the guy's fucking head off, yeah. and it's, it's awesome. It, it starts off like like Rambo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, it turns totally. into bun fights, and then it goes into a vigilante film. Yeah, it, it it's incredible. Hobo with a shotgun. It's a it's a bum fights like revenge. Rambo's uh, a bum fights movie. <laughs> the first one though, just the first one. Yeah, yeah. So is Rocky. You bum. Yeah, <laughs> that's a bum. So Sylvester Stallone loves bums. Yeah, yeah, dude. I'll fight some bums all fucking day. You know? <laughs> They're juicy enough. Um, uh, I, I do want to say uh, this is a little bit early to announce it, but on May 19th here in L.A. at Whammy Analog Media, we're doing another show, but not for Culture Dumps. We're doing it for Podcast 99. We're going to be showing the elusive Woodstock 99 mystery tape in its entirety. I'm also going to have the Artifact Museum set up. So uh, we'll, we'll be announcing that more as it gets closer. Tickets aren't available yet, but save the date, May 19th. Uh, for exclusive content, sign up to our Patreon, patreon.com slash culture dumps. We got side series up there, research materials, videos we post. Uh, I might share a link I found to bum fights uh, if you dare to watch it. I don't recommend it, but, you know, it does supplement the episode. Uh, I've been here with Eric D of Meth Syndicate. Make sure you guys follow and check out Meth Syndicate. It's all over the place. Yeah. And uh, I'm Ryan Lichten. Keep on dumping.